Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome back to the Sword and Shield podcast. I'm Colonel Rick Erridge. And I'm Chief Master Sergeant Chris Howard. Hey, Chief. Are you ready for the holidays? I'm definitely ready for the holidays, right? So when we talk about um, spending that time with the family, just taking a few uh, deep breaths and uh, being able to uh, reflect upon uh, the year, I definitely look forward to it, sir. Yourself? Yeah, I am too. And, and this will air after the holidays. So I'm sure that we had a wonderful holiday in the Erridge household. So <laughs> gotcha. I'm predicting it. Uh, I don't disagree with you, right? I already know that uh, there's going to be a little bit of angst, but there's going to be more joy than there, anything else. And, uh, you know, then we get to uh, start looking forward to to next year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it'd be good here to take a deep breath and then um, and start to look forward to, to what's going to be coming in 2021. And I've, there's a lot of optimism. Uh, I know it's maybe hard for some folks to see, but I think going forward in the next year, um, you know, we got plenty of things that, that we're thinking about that we want to accomplish. Yes, sir. Definitely. Right. Um, it's much like a performance report period. Right. You know, when we look at the calendar year, um, we, we get to snap that line again and, and start fr- start fresh. Right. Um, and I think that, uh, that really opens up the door to the conversations about what uh, what we're looking forward to and uh, what we kind of expect uh, from from our airmen. Yeah. Expectation management is always something that's really important. And I always think about in, in any context and not not just when we deal with airmen, but what do I expect over the next year? And I kind of think in one year chunks and, and I think about when I need to do my performance feedbacks with my members, when their OPRs are due, um, are people moving, um, any decorations that are earned. So right. I kind of take a look at that and, and think a lot about um our, and then our performance review process with the civilians as well comes up in April. So when I think about did people meet expectations, I turn around and look at myself and go, did I set clear and consistent expectations for folks that, that they can meet? Right. Yes, sir. Right. Um, we set those expectations. We start laying out the calendar for the year. We start looking at um, what uh, what our goals are. Uh, for the year and then also kind of aligning um, with those uh, those appraisals and those conversations of um, this is what I would like uh, you to get after. This is uh, what what I'm hoping to see. Um, and then uh, we uh, we open the door right um, from an enterprise. The good thing about the new calendar year, we get into things like step two. Um, so start building up those uh, those packages, knowing that they're not due till June. But we here at the wing. Uh, uh, you know, with Chief Bischoff's uh, guidance has helped us uh, devise a plan where we start looking at them in January and we take a methodical approach through the whole package uh, to be competitive through June. And then we talk about um, uh, some of the things coming up, all of the DT boards coming up with uh, my vector uh, changes, right? So our EDPs used to be through uh, my PERS. Now we're talking about how we're going to get uh, those vectorings. Uh, through my vector um, and, and hitting some of those boards for not only the AFSC, but uh, the key billets uh, with the EA key, uh, E9 boards being split this year um, versus last year. Yep. The officer DT is also going to be in my vector. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, for those of you, there's probably only a few of you out there that have been part of the DT process from the board angle. And uh, we're using an access database that's super large. 
It's uh, a little bit unstable. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of work that goes into prepping that. And now this My Vector tool is really going to take a lot of the work off the staff and have that um, have that process available throughout the year so that we can mentor people, not just at board time or not just at uh, DT time, but all throughout the year. So I'm looking forward to how that's going to work and, and set some new expectations with people about how we use that tool. Yes, sir. And and that goes right into um, one of the priorities that you set for this year, right? Uh, some of the outcome uh, from that, that that spans both or all the way through priority one through priority three in um, that talent management and uh, airman development. Uh, we've looked at uh, where the Air Force is going with my vector. Um, we'll see more guidance coming out to our airmen about how the wing specifically is going to leverage uh, my vector uh, for an individual and how we are going to be able to uh, invest in our airmen through that program across the board, right? So one of the biggest problems of developing airmen in, in a wing like this is the, the fact that uh, we're geographically separated so far. So how do we make those touch points, um, you know, with Chief Bishop or, you know, um, Chief Sawyer or myself at the groups of how are we gonna put all that stuff together? And my vector came to comes into play. Um, and uh, that we're, that's where I'd like to set that first expectation uh, to the airmen out there is invest in yourself, get to learn my vector, um, understand that it, there's some intuitiveness to it uh, as we when we talk about uh, software programs, um, but there's a lot of things, the nuances that you're going to have to learn. Get in there, get involved, look at it, ask questions, but then actually find that mentor, um, put that information in, and uh, that guidance that uh, how we're going to handle it to the group in the wings will come out uh, here in the near future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, doing some more deliberate mentoring. One thing that, you know, you and me and Chief Bischoff and the other old sixes and chiefs always hear is more mentoring, more mentoring. And I think right. how people think about that is all different. And so if we can rally around a tool like this, that's going to be launched and um, used in a number of different ways that it will really help us be more deliberate with a mentoring tool. And it doesn't mean your supervisor has to be your mentor. I think you can reach across to anybody Yes, sir. And, and, and use my vector tool to contact them and get some mentoring. And, and personally, myself, I use a couple different people for ideas inside and outside the Air Force, people that I've run across in my life that give me just another data point to think about something else or a question that I may have. Correct. Uh, you know, a big differentiator between REDP and uh, my pers, you could still leverage a, a mentor and it'll go back and forth um, one at a time. Um, with my vector, it's uh, I can ask for multiple mentors to look at my information and provide me feedback in a timely manner. So that speeds up that process and then helps you get a little bit more um, 360 degree view, right? If we're talking about uh, development and critical thinking of, about ourselves and how we uh, we lead, um, it opens the door for a lot more input and feedback to uh, where are we successful? Where do we need to grow? Um, the argument that comes back from a lot of these things is that uh, you know, when providing some of that guidance and providing some of that feedback, especially from leadership, how are you taking that? And then how are you moving forward on that? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there for, for you to get some data points, not to get people to agree with you and, and get them to understand the way you think, right? You're looking for other points of view. Yep. And then I think getting a wide um, wide group of people to take a look at that at different levels and organizations is helpful. Um again, to help you make some decisions. And and we know that being a reservist is hard, um, especially traditional reservists trying to balance those things. And I know I've talked before about it. It's, it's not a balance. It's more about what can you deal with at any one point, your civilian job, your family, it all kind of ebbs and flows over time. 
And I think finding some of those mentors that had similar experiences or had different experiences can help you make some of those personal decisions to help guide you. I mean, I had a conversation last night with with an officer outside of the wing um, that I've known for a really long time. He posed some really hard questions of me. And, you know, I think it helps me think through, too, what I'm talking to about people and about my experiences and helps shape my thoughts. So um, it's not only good just for the mentee, but it's good for the mentor as well. Right. No, agreed. And uh, I challenge uh, going across all tiers, right? So for the chiefs out there, ask an airman to look at your uh, and be your mentor. Hey, what are you seeing from your perspective um, from me, right? What do you see that I could do better? Um, And where can I engage at the NCO, senior NCO, other chiefs, um, you know, officers across that board to kind of see where are you fitting within your organization? How are you affecting your organization? And then how can you communicate more effectively, right? We're not looking for popularity, we're looking for results, right? Um, We're looking for individuals to be able to to take some feedback, engage with that and make sure that they're getting that message out and being effective as leaders. Yeah, we're going to try to use this podcast as one of our channels to to explore just mentoring and leadership and personal development throughout the next year. We're planning to have some um, some really interesting people here that Chief and I will, will talk to and we'll bring you maybe some different perspectives that, sure. that you don't necessarily would get any other way or, or access to some of these people that, um, you know, to the entire wing that, that not everybody has. So we're really looking forward to adding those guests uh, throughout the year here as well. And I know um, – uh, Mrs. Martinez as the director of psychological health has some great guests lined up yep. each month as well. So we're looking forward to, to how we can evolve the podcast. Um, we're talking about doing a video series as well. Um, maybe chief's going to uh, try to capture his mentoring moments and sure. make those from a video, make those available through video series. I'm, I'm thinking about doing a video series as well, short snippets uh, in the next year to, to give people yet another channel to kind of consume information. Yes, sir. Um, and that also sets the stage for, uh, some of the other nuances, right? So we, we talk about how we're going to engage with airmen and podcast has been a good push for the last, uh, this past, uh, season. And now we're talking about the video, but, uh, you're looking at doing some, uh, in-persons as well, correct, sir? Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to, we're going to, chief and I are going to, um, drop in on some commander's calls or unit all calls throughout the month and uh, hopefully be able to answer some of your questions, um, provide provide some information and, and just kind of uh, sit and listen and, and really do more listening to what your concerns are and, and help you understand like where the wing's going and what kind of things that we're focused on. Uh, hopefully that uh, we can start doing some in-person visits as well. I know the group staff and I know Colonel Esselin and Colonel Janicki as new group commanders want to get out and uh, meet people uh, as well as we do. So I'm thinking really probably the second half of the year is going to be a better opportunity for us to do that. Uh, by March, April, May, there's, uh, there's a good plan that uh, a lot of us will be vaccinated by that point. We'll be able to do some more traveling and, and meet some folks too. Sure. And I know the group's interested in doing that as well and, and talking about um, – Talking about what's next. And so I think, Chief, the big elephant in the room is the UEI right, right in June, right in the middle yep. of the year there. So uh, what are you thinking about UEI-wise? What comes to mind for you? Uh, I, I stick with that expectations management, right? So I think that um, being that we're a little bit longer in the tooth, a little bit more seasoned as a, as a airman, that uh, we, we know what it used to be, right? UEI was um, the – it was an ORI. Right. So the whole wing got 
spun up. Everybody was worried about how 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 many red pieces are in my my checklist. How do I get it to green? Um, one of the things that I take uh, have to take into thought here is the way we've changed it with the UEI. Uh, just understanding that the expectation no longer is everything's green. The expectation is that we are managing truthfully what we have in hand, identifying what's really yellow, identifying what's red, where what risks are we taking, and then also putting our airmen at, at ease with the idea that the expectation isn't that it's perfect. The expectation is, is that you are doing um, good work, that you're identifying these things. The problem comes in when you hide things or you are not aware of them. Yeah, when I was a lieutenant, I remember going through a first um, first inspection. They gave me several boxes and said, put it in your trunk, take it home, and bring it back after the inspection. Like that was the mentality at the time was to was to try to put, you know, lipstick on a pig and make everything yep. look good. And we spent all of our effort and time doing that. Right. Um, I really like where we've where we've evolved and we're at a point where now we're worried about non-detected compliance. And so sure. um, as long as we are detecting everything. We're assessing where our problems and our limb facts and challenges are, and that we're making a risk-based data decision on what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. Yes. Um, I, th I think we're in a good place, and I feel like we've got the framework in place throughout the wing where um, we're going to do we're going to do really well. And I'm looking forward to it because I want to kind of get that validation right. and get that draw that draw that line in the sand where we are, and then built the next step and the next course for how we're going to do better and what we need to focus on. Right. And, and kind of going back to some of that recognition we talked about, I think the UEI would be a perfect um, um, example of how we can give recognition to all that hard work, right? With uh, whatever that rating may be, um, where we know where we were two years ago and where we are today and seeing all that hard work. That's where I'm excited about where the UEI can uh, kind of set us apart and say, yes, um, these are some great things. You know, they're going to identify some probably flaws uh, and identify some areas of um, of work, but that's given. But I think that it definitely show that we've done a lot of hard work here. Yeah, a little bit of validation. I think I, I really like, you know, one thing you hit on is gives us an opportunity to highlight some airmen and all the great work that they're doing. So uh, if I'm a supervisor, I'm a commander, uh, I'm a superintendent, I'm a branch chief, I'm, um, whoever you are, I would be thinking, hey, over the next year, I know I have a UA in June. I've got a couple of airmen that have done a really superb job. I want to set them up for some recognition yep. and be proud to show them what they've done. And I'm going to do that through our set them up for Crowley Awards and then give them an opportunity to show off their program to the inspectors come yes. June. Have them talk to the inspectors. Give them that trust, right? Give them that opportunity to discuss what work they, they did. Um, I, I want uh, to really put that in the hands of uh, at the lowest level so that they can show where the, where those hands are actually working on the equipment, where uh, the, the keyboard uh, marks are happening, where these individuals are, are putting in that elbow grease, right? Yeah, they're gonna give me an in-brief at the front and then an outbrief on the back end and the rest of the time is going to be with the airmen. Right. Um, this is not about, you know, Rick Erge and, and Chris Howard. This is about you out there doing the hard work every day and being proud of what you do and, and identifying, Hey, I know I got a problem here. I know about it. We've got a plan. We're going to address it or, Hey, there's a problem here and we need some help. Right. right? We need higher headquarters help. And then we want to set those things up in advance to be able to have a, a story or some talking points around where we need their help. And this is a great opportunity to expose those things. You know, we know we're not perfect. We know we built this wing kind of on a shoestring budget. Yep. Uh, we get that. We've been working at it since then and, and just kind of um, 
you know, the onesie twosies and just picking away at it because we, we can't fix everything at once. And this is a great opportunity to kind of talk about that and show, show the good things and then highlight the areas we need help with. Agreed, sir. I definitely think that uh, we're going to be um, surprised at, at how much um, really comes out as far as the good work that, that each one of these airmen did. And I think some of the other things I think about, right? So, so they're going to have a chance. The UEI team is going to have a chance to talk to some more mission partners. And I think the relationships that we've built, that you've built, um, have gotten a lot stronger. And I think we need to build on that the next year to, to build that trust between them and us. And they're going to talk to our mission partners about what that's like and what we're doing and how they can help. And I think it's important to um, continue to have those discussions and build upon what we've done so far. Yes, sir. Right. Being uh, integrated with that mission partner is one of um, the primary responsibilities of us as leaders. How do we get engaged? How are we, um, you know, um, getting what those requirements are? How are we getting feedback from our mission uh, partners? Uh, I know that it's always a constant battle from time, right? So we just talked about the UEI. Um, how much time does that take on a UTA? But then how do we keep that balance with uh, our mission partners and move that mission across the board, right? And, and find in where um, that balance is so that we can get enough of the mission done, yet still focus on uh, on some of the administrative tasks that are at hand. Yeah, I think it's important. I say this a lot that that we, our, our REGAF mission partners, right, they view our participation through different lens than we do. And yes. we got to understand that. And I think yeah, I think it's fair to say that we need them more than they need us. Right. If you just think about it, just real superficially. And so I think it's up to us to, to set expectations again with what that looks like, how we engage. I spend probably, I think at sometimes I spent over 50% of my time with our mission partners and setting, I set expectations with them all the time. I just got off the phone, you know, a half an hour ago with, uh, with a senior leader in 16th Air Force talking about those kind of things. Exactly. And I continue to do that. And it's important for us to do that and, and have the same talking points about being clear with communication and, and documenting what that relationship needs to look like and what, what, what we expect of each other. And I think that just makes, that's help helps us focus on, mission-wise, what we need to do is to understand what's expected. Right. And without that relationship, um, they're not going to drive a requirement, right? Uh, I think that we have some mission partners that are fully engaged. Uh, I know we've had conversations um, in other venues about a couple of our mission partners where they are actively pulling us in and, and getting our input and, and being mission partners. Um, we're lucky in that that particular relationship. And a lot of these relationships, um, even at the unit level, require our engagement to, to make sure that they know we're there and what we bring to the fight and set that that, that tone um, and that expectation that we're here to, to be part of your, your team um, so that they drive that requirement. And then uh, we still keep our mission. Otherwise, um, they're going to go somewhere else, right? Yeah, and I think there's uh, they're looking for capacity and capability. And I think we need to work hard on, on being that that Ghostbusters when they want to call. Who are they going to call? They're gonna, yes. We want them to call the Gladiators. We're going to call the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Um, and, and so to the highest levels, we're trying to work uh, requirements, which is basically an expectation of yes. what they want. And we are working really hard to get um, to get 16th Air Force and ACC to put in writing what they expect of us yes. and, and what the requirement is to clearly define where they need us. And that's going to help us focus resources in the corporate structure on how we help them. So we, we need to help them 
help us to help themselves. Yes, sir. If you kind of look at it that way. Right. And um, we're taking an active approach to that. And I think next year we're going to take a, a more active approach and be very deliberate about how we approach requirements and expectations. Sir, I mean, we have to build that symbiotic relationship and not a parasitic one, right? And that's really where that uh, that view comes into place um, with some of our mission partners is, is this symbiotic or is it parasitic? Um, when you eat up my resources, I, you, you're in my space um, and, or you're eating up my time or um, you're eating up my dollars. Um, are you symbiotic? Or are you a parasite? And then how do we break that down? And that's where uh, that conversation really comes into play of, no, this is symbiotic because you're, you're paying X amount of dollars. You're, you're losing this amount of space and uh, this takes up this much of your time. But that's a small sliver of what you're getting because that may be 10% of total resources. But what you're gaining is a 40% increase in your capability and resources on hand in a given moment. Yeah, right. That's a great story. We got to be able to talk to them again. And that's part of the communication and deliberate discussion and setting expectations up early allows us to document, you know, what, what we're doing. And General Scobie says this all the time and it's written. And every time he meets with Congress, he says the Air Force Reserve is providing 20 percent of the capacity for three percent of the budget. And so I think if we look at our business through that lens to help us understand, we're probably not exactly that. We're probably a little bit more just because of AGR, but we're providing that capacity and we need to get to a um, much greater ratio, I think, of what we're doing. And that's what we're going to try to work work through the next year. Sure. You know, and I think as I think about the rest of the year, um, obviously, we need to we need to continue our diversity inclusion efforts. And I know we're getting ready to launch our kind of internal wing diversity inclusion efforts. And we'll spend some time talking about that. We just had the uh, the racial disparity report released from yep. the Air Force Last IG. Night, yep, just got launched. We're gonna have some more discussions about that. We're gonna ask you all um, to continue to have those discussions, small discussions. We're still not doing training yet, so we haven't got the approval to do that. So we're gonna expect to see that in the next year or two. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity here and optimism as as the vaccine gets released. We do some unit visits. We got the UEI. We're going to talk about requirements and kind of uh, we're doing a bunch of mission analysis about what what we currently where we currently are and what that's going to look like in the future. Um, we're, we're exploring sending a gladiator to weapons school. Sure. We've got a bunch of great guests lined up. Um, the my vector, I think, is really going to be a huge help to us, especially since we don't see everybody all the time. Like you mentioned, right. it's a great opportunity to connect on another channel. You know, to connect with our airmen at. No, and, uh, you, you know, to kind of piggyback on a couple of those items, right, when we talk about um, COVID and, and waiting for how this uh, herd immunity is going to come through with the vaccinations and, and be able to get more in person. Um, I think that we've uh, been able to break a lot of that paradigm um, with some of these uh, platforms. I think that uh, we'll see increases in, in capability. I think we'll see um, uh, better usage of that, right? When we talk about the PDC that's done uh, good things this past year, what are they going to move forward to um, this upcoming year? Um, and then uh, even from a personal engagement piece, right? Um, it's it's not that um, that hard for us to go ahead and put it on our schedule to sit one-on-one, even video uh, with our airmen and have that conversation like we would have in the work center on a UTA. Hey, I'm going to give you 15 minutes of my time. I want you here, 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 and here and line them up and see them face to face. Uh, even though 
Uh, it may be later on in the year before we can actually do that, where I can shake your hand or, you know, look you in the eyes uh, directly uh, within a six foot radius, <laughs> right? But that video uh, does go a long way of having that conversation. Um, I know that uh, we've had a couple of video calls. I know Colonel Eslan and I have had a couple of video calls that were just meant to, I, I got to see you today and uh, make sure everything's okay. And then let's discuss some business. And, and move forward, right? Yeah, it's really important. I don't think we're going to go back to no. 100% the way we were before. And I think that's a good thing, right? I think yes. our airmen have asked for more innovation, for us to look at participation, maybe through a different lens and a different way. And this has really forced our hand. Yes. But, you know, that goes back to our, our, our point of setting those expectations, being engaged. We know that there's barriers um, and uh, know that uh, leadership is breaking down those barriers where they can we're, we're making the, our points known. I know that you've advocated um, for the team's CVR uh, to continue to be funded. That was a big concern when we first kicked off in the spring uh, using that platform, which one's going to be funded, which ones are not, um, you know, and that information getting up to, to you so that you can fight for that. And then we make sure that these platforms are, are available or that the next platform provides maybe more capacity or a little bit more nuances that allows you to do a little bit more. Right. And, um, you know, it, our enemy is not slowing down, right? And we can't let this uh, really slow us down either. We just have to move and adjust, you know, kind of, um, you know, fire, move and communicate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Shoot, move, fire, communicate. And I think um, when I look back at the last year, obviously lots of challenges, but I'm really proud about how the wings responded, about how everybody stepped up. We found a way to, to continue to operate as best we can. Um, really our, our number of our, our COVID cases is really low percentage of, um, of our population. So I'm really proud about how people have taken this seriously. I think the measures we've taken to reduce, um, you know, based on the CDC guidelines has really helped. Yes. And I, I'm proud to, I'm, even though it was a tough year, I'm proud of the way we responded. I'm proud of what we got accomplished last year. And I think we're just going to build upon that moving into 2021. No, fully agree, sir. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot if you don't mind. Right? Sure. So if we're if we were doing this next year, right, and we're sitting here having this conversation again, um, what would you like to say uh, we accomplished um, this time next year? Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, you didn't prep me for that one. So I'm going to go off the top of my head here. Um, no, no, certainly I think for me, I think a lot about the UEI, and right. you know, I would like to like to really talk about how we how we nailed the UEI and we identified everything that we didn't have any non-detected compliance. I think that's a big that's a big for me and that we had a bunch of people recognized with best practices and processes that they're going to take away and 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 say, hey, the 960 Cyberwing's got it right. Everybody else needs to do it, you know, the way they do it. Um, I'd like to see us all have uh, some as basic as some sort of MOU or A plan signed between all of our units relationship wise. I know we're still working on that. And, and certainly I'd like to see us have uh, more of our business processes normalized and that we're we're thinking about. Um, bigger fish and not worried about all these little business processes that we seem to continue to fight kind of over and over again, and then have some success in the bomb cycle, meaning right. we're going to grow. Um, we're going to grow this wing in our capabilities and um, not just people, but grow in mission in different areas that 16th Air Force really needs us to support the, the ongoing, um, you know, conflict of, um, cyber i won't say warfare but we are we are engaged with our persistently engaged with our adversaries at the at a level below the threshold of armed conflict right now i i mean i'm i'm a bit big advocate of of uh pushing out uh, our story where 
um, we are one of two domains that is consistently contested, right? Um, uh, we, we are not getting to the point of uh, armed conflict, but uh, we're right there. We're constantly tested. Uh, you look in the news every week, there's a new story about how our domain amongst uh, the space domain um, is uh, being just uh, obliterated by our enemy in, in different ways or exploited is probably the better term uh, than obliterated. But uh, how are we going to get after that in that uh, great power competition, right? And then uh, how do our TRs and our AGRs make that impact uh, from an operational and a strategic uh, perspective? I know if I was to put that question to me um, in this scenario, I would hope that we would be able to say that here are some operations that uh, our airmen were engaged in. Um, these are the things that I think our airmen got uh, got to be part of. Um, and then on top of that, uh, how did... Uh, how do our airmen receive the mind vector? How did our airmen engage and grow? And then well, what did uh, what barriers did we break down for them, right? And identifying some of those barriers, whether it's now we we have uh, that this process uh, clearly defined and, and we're seeing great success in this process, um, whether it's vouchers or um, the EPRs, right? We've, we've taken a lot of efforts over the last year to, to speed up these processes and then set the right expectation and make sure that uh, yeah, we've clearly communicated to every airman what those expectations are from EPRs to decorations uh, to mission set and so forth. Yeah, those are all great things. I think those are worthy challenges that we're going to tackle in the next year. I appreciate the chance, you know, again, to spend time with, with you and Sam and talking about these things and sharing our thoughts with everybody out there. So um, we're going to put a we're going to put a rubber stamp on 2020, um, something nobody will ever Forget. I don't think that's a year. Right. And so I took command in 2020. It's, you know, uh, it's unforgettable for a number of reasons, but sure. um, certainly, um, you know, the COVID and all our challenges is at the top of that list. So looking forward to 2021, a lot of optimism and we look forward to uh, to what the next chapter brings. Any last words, Chief? Just uh, I want to thank you personally, sir, um, for, you know, opening the door. I think that uh, don't want to, to toot our own horn with the podcast, but I think that it's a great opportunity for us to reach Ironman. I think that uh, we've been able to clear the road and barriers uh, for communication, and we fought through a lot of these things uh, to make things happen. And I think, uh, you know, the priorities that we set this year, the ones that you uh, set forth and the leadership that you allowed uh, for individuals to take a hold um, is starting to pay big dividends. So I want to thank you personally for that one. And then I want to thank our airmen for everything they did this year, despite everything that happened, right? This was a crushing year um, from a stress level, from personal stress to professional stress to societal stress, right? Every individual um, went through the roller coaster. Um, it's not over, but uh, I think that they've, they've shown that they are true professionals and have been able to execute day in and day out despite those stressors. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm proud of the way everybody's responded and um, look forward to continue to grow our relationship with with you and with everybody in the wing as we continue these. And uh, we look forward to um, having a discussion again in, in 2021. So with that, we're going to call it a wrap on 2020.